What's up, what's up, what's up? You are now tuned into What's the Word podcast. I am your host, Just Jazz, and I have three main goals to encourage you to grow godly character, to equip you to live effectively in today's society, and to open you to salvation through Jesus Christ. So ditch what you heard and let's discover what's the word. Welcome back, scholars. Episode 7. I know it's a little late, but still love me, okay? What conditions have you placed around your love? What's the deal breaker for your love? How much love is too much love? This week's episode is titled Tough Love because sometimes we need a not-so-sweet reminder of why we are where we are. Let's start with some wins. Some wins for this week is that I was able to clean out my office and clean out my office solidified that summer has started and there's 104 days. Okay, whatever, but. I also like that this week I was able to talk with more people about the episode. Like people text me about proper placement. One of my really good friends was able to connect with the episode and she actually landed her a job. And she was like talking to me about, you know, being properly placed and just encouraging me along the way. And I just love it. I love you guys. Thank you for reaching out to me after the shows or if a show hits you and sticks with you. Thank you. That means a lot to me. For those of you who don't know, we are studying the book of Esther. And if you haven't listened to the previous episodes, I highly advise you do so after this message. Let me set the scene. So Mordecai has stirred up a little tension in the kingdom. And in K. Michelle's voice, Haman is shaking the table. Haman has put out a hit on all of Mordecai's people. I mean, even his cousin's cousins on his daddy's side. Now Mordecai is in distress, mourning in the open square of the city at the king's gate for all to see his glory. (laughs) And that's a joke because when they mourn, they, okay, whatever. You'll figure out the joke once you go and read. Esther being his daughter slash little cousin had to intervene by sending the king's eunuch, who was just a helper, to ask what was wrong. Mordecai asked her to talk the king out of his law, yet she knew the danger it posed and she hadn't revealed that she was too a Jew. So at first she refuses. Then Mordecai gets a bit blunt and tells her straight up like it is. And that's where we find ourselves today in Esther chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. And again, I'll be reading from the NIV version of the Bible. My Bible reads, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house that you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go gather all the Jews in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. And I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and carried out all of Esther's instructions deliverance means the act of being rescued or set free today i want to remind you that deliverance only comes from god so i thought it was important to say that because sometimes we feel like if we have enough money us at our big age us with our big bank us with our big status big rank we can save ourselves but you can't i just want you to know that's not true no one is secure in his or her own strength No one can save or exclude us or themselves from the unseen dangers of life. One of my favorite new realities is that it rains on the just and the unjust. I mean, will we really appreciate the light if it never got dark? 
I don't know if I mentioned this in Mordecai's episode, but I like how G they kept it in this situation. I mean, it was a really big deal and clearly they had the resources to leave, but they stayed and made a lasting impact. They didn't have everything all lined up and perfect before they acted on it. They probably even did it afraid, but they trusted God to see them through. Some of the times we try to build up our faith, but all we really need is faith the size of a mustard seed. You can't store up your faith for a rainy day. It needs to be active. Mordecai told Esther what it was, whether it hurt her feelings or not, because he saw potential in her to be great. Someone close to you needs you to tell them like it is, no matter what. Look. A lot of people don't like dark chocolate. Doesn't take away from the fact that chocolate is the world's favorite snack. Tough love is still love. Someone saw greatness in you. Pay it forward. Esther rallied the help of others too because there is strength in numbers. Get some people around you who will pray for you when it's decision making time because you're wise enough to know that your decisions don't only affect you. Although they trusted God to do the heavy lifting, they still put in that work. I'd rather you work for it than wish for it. My Bible tells me that God chooses to work through those who are willing to act for him. It reminds me that we should pray as if it all depended on God and act as if it all depends on us. When it comes to applying what we learn from Esther in the scripture, she shows us how to really walk the walk when facing difficult tasks. We must first calculate the cost. Always, always, always be ready to analyze the grand scheme of things, you guys. It's always bigger than us, sis. Like, seriously, we need to just take time back to look at the big scheme. I always use this. I don't have kids yet, but I'm like, how will my kids be affected? And I don't want you to feel like I, I I do this every time, but I should because really the decisions that I'm making today will affect my kids, whether they're good or bad. And a lot of times we say that don't count, but it does. It does. Everything you do, it counts. So don't discredit your failures. Don't discredit your shortcomings. Live in it. Grow from it. The second thing we must do is set priorities. And I really should put that one as number one because it's speaking to me, you guys. Again, I may be talking to you and if you feel offended, that's good because you're going to leap into action. But this is really for me. When I read the Bible, I'm faced with the hard decisions that I can do better. Always, always. So we need to set priorities because everything can be number one in our life. Everyone can have access to you. We cannot do everything right now. That's why prioritizing is vital. It shows what's most important to you. So if you prioritize work over family, then you'll produce better work. Hopefully. (laughs) What you feed will flourish, period. The third thing we must do is prepare. And I've said it before and I'll say it again because I'm guilty too. We pray for things diligently. I'm talking about real hard. And we forget to prepare for them. Just imagine going to pick up a $100 million without a money bag and you're wearing ripped skinny jeans and a tank top. Or you're wanting to run a marathon and you haven't practiced pacing. Or wanting to be a wife, a mother, better friend, sister, person, but did nothing in preparation. Proper preparation prevents poor performance. Prepare for what you pray for. And I know somebody is uh, (laughs) appreciating my teacher skills. I just gave y'all free alliteration on my off day. Look, it's summertime. I'm using my teacher skills. And the last thing is to move ahead with confidence. And I wanted to say confidence, but that just like made it seem like you're so sure in yourself. So I wanted to tell you that you should move ahead with confidence. You may not be sure in yourself, but you need to be sure in God, what God can do. So confidence is a feeling or consciousness of God's power or reliance on God's promises. Also the faith or belief that God will act in a right, proper or effective way. 
So once you're in alignment with God, you're covered. You don't have to worry about having the right tone, saying the right words, or not offending anyone. It's not even you who's doing the real work. It's God. So the definition of tough love is love or affectionate concern expressed in a stern or unsentimental manner, especially to promote responsible behavior. Sometimes we need a little tough love to push us to greatness. Just imagine what your life would be like if someone somewhere hadn't showed you love. I am reminded daily of how I can do better and just be a better person from reading the Bible. The changes required of me aren't ever easy peasy lemon squeezy, but I'm grateful to have the guidance and tough love along the way. Don't be so quick to take offense the next time someone tells you something that you don't want to hear but need to. Make the appropriate adjustments and move forward. Once again, I would like to thank you for tuning in to What's the Word podcast. If someone was on your mind while listening, please share the link with them. And if you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave a review. Make sure you connect with us on social media, on Instagram at underscore underscore what's the word podcast, and on Twitter at underscore underscore what's the word. If no one has told you today, I love you and I appreciate you. Now go be a blessing. Be sure to tune in to next week's episode where we'll talk about the life of Esther.